Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 570 for release on Sunday, January 26, 2020. And on WaveScan today, it's the shortwave scene in South American Uruguay. The DXing scene in Europe with Risto Vahakainu of the Finnish DX Association and our Australian DX report. It was back in the year 1906 that the longwave communication station CWA was inaugurated with German telefunken equipment near the coastal town of Cerrito on the southern coast of the South American country of Uruguay. This station was installed for communication with nearby shipping and it was subsequently taken into use for international communication across the Rio de la Plata estuary with nearby Buenos Aires in Argentina. Here's Ray Robinson now at KVOH with the shortwave scene in Uruguay. Thanks, Jeff. Sometime after the end of World War I, the electrical equipment at station CWA was discarded and replaced by electronic equipment that subsequently permitted international voice transmissions on shortwave. The main international radio station with which CWA communicated was the huge wireless station on the other side of the Rio Plata estuary, station LPZ at Monte Grande, a southern suburb of the Argentine capital city, Buenos Aires. Station CWA also communicated with mobile and fixed wireless stations in several of the rural areas within Uruguay. It was during the early 1930s that international radio broadcasting on shortwave really began to flourish in many countries around the world, and the first known program broadcasts on shortwave from Uruguay were transmitted from this coastal station, CWA, at Cerrito. For example, in June 1933, station CWA was heard in the United States with news broadcasts under the call sign CWG on 26.39 metres, or 11367 kHz. Shortwave channel CWG was in reality a subsidiary call sign that was in use for coastal communications, and also for the occasional part-time broadcast of information and entertainment programming. Back in those days, the shortwave stations in many countries were required to register a separate call sign for each different shortwave channel. In the mid-1930s, the Cerrito station, CWA, was registered with subsidiary call signs in the alphabetic series ranging from CWA to CWI. The transmitter power was rated at 1.5 kilowatts, probably input, and thus with an output power of a little under 1 kilowatt. That was the very beginning of shortwave broadcasting in Uruguay back in the early 1930s. The second occasion for shortwave broadcasting in Uruguay began in the year 1936, when the government-operated Sodre station, Radio Electrico, inaugurated a 3-kilowatt transmitter on 6125 kHz under the call sign CXA4. As in all South American radio stations, the station's slogan was more significant than the registered call sign. 
During the following year, 1937, an additional 20 kilowatt transmitter was taken into service for Radio Electrico, and either of the two transmitters, the 3 kilowatt or the 20 kilowatt, could be used on any of five different shortwave channels, each under its own separate callsign. Programming on shortwave was always a relay of their medium wave programming, and their best known shortwave channels were 9570 kHz and also another around 6 MHz. The studio address for Radio Electrico Sodre was at 823 Calle Mercedes in Montevideo. Sodre Radio issued an attractive QSL booklet in response to listener reception reports. The third shortwave station in Uruguay was the original and rather controversial Radio Continental CXA2, which was inaugurated with a special opening ceremony at 9pm on Friday evening, February 19th, 1937. Programming for this new station was produced and presented specifically for broadcast on shortwave. There was no counterpart station on medium wave for Radio Continental in Uruguay, as is frequently the case in South America. Initial plans for this new shortwave station indicated that widespread coverage in Spanish was intended throughout Uruguay, Paraguay and northern Argentina. Their printed programme schedule showed that they were presenting news, music and advertisements, much of which was on relay from Radio Prieto LS2 in nearby Buenos Aires, Argentina. Even though they had no medium-wave counterpart in Montevideo, contemporary assessments back then did indicate that they were performing adequately on shortwave. Their first temporary studio was installed at 631 Rio Negro Street in Montevideo, and their first temporary shortwave transmitter rated at 300 watts was installed at a temporary location in suburban Sayago. Later in that same year, 1937, the studios were transferred to 1431 Calle Juan Carlos Gomez, and the transmitter was transferred into a small building at the Juice Brick Factory at 5151 Camino Carrasco in suburban La Cruz de Carrasco. A new 5 kilowatt shortwave transmitter was also installed at this new location. The total lifespan of shortwave Radio Continental CXA2 in Montevideo, Uruguay was rather brief. The political polarisation of the various countries in continental Europe during World War II was reflected to a certain extent in some of the countries of South America, and it was suspected that Radio Continental favoured the Axis powers. During the early hours of Wednesday morning, August 5th, 1942, a powerful explosion completely destroyed Radio Continental CXA2. The culprits were never apprehended, and the station was never rebuilt. In April 1938, as the American radio magazine Radio News informs us, a total of 18 new shortwave stations with a power of 2.5 kilowatts were licensed by the Uruguayan government, and each was owned by a medium-wave radio station located in neighbouring Argentina. The sudden influx of Argentine shortwave stations into Uruguay was because the Argentine government simply refused to licence any new shortwave stations in their own country. In June 1939, another new shortwave station was inaugurated at Colonia on the Uruguayan southwest coast. This station, Radio Real de San Carlos, CXA-8, also took a programme relay from neighbouring Buenos Aires, 
Radio Belgrano. Radio Real CXA8 operated with 5 kilowatts on 9640 kHz, and its secondary call sign, CXA14, operated on 11825 kHz. Five months later, in November 1939, Radio El Espectador, CXA9 in Montevideo, appeared on 9440 kHz with 5 kilowatts, taking a program relay from their own medium wave station, CX14. And then in mid-1940, another new one, CXA7, was expected to make its appearance on 11480 kHz. And we should also remember that the American Press Wireless also operated their own shortwave station in Uruguay in the pre-war era, and it was tucked in somewhere around an outer suburban area of the capital city, Montevideo. Well, that's where we'll have to leave the Uruguay shortwave story for this week. We'll have more in an upcoming edition. Back to you, Jeff. Thank you very much, Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. Last week on Wayscan, we spoke with Marcel Romertz about the recent European DX Council conference in Andorra. Well, at the Winter Shortwave Listeners Festival in Pennsylvania last year, I had a chance to talk with one of the EDXC's former secretary generals, Risto Vahakainu, from Finland. Okay, we're here with um, Risto Vahakainu, former secretary general of the EDXC. And uh, now what's your position with the Finnish DX Association? Uh, I'm currently a board member and treasurer. Okay. Uh, And uh, this is a big club, right? Uh, Well, we have some 500 members, uh, which uh, today is quite good for a DX club. Is that the uh, biggest DX club in Europe? It is. I I don't think so, but maybe we are number two or number three, something like that. Uh And right now you were saying there are, what, about 16 member clubs of EDXC? Yeah, I think so, yes. That's the current situation. In about 10 countries all over Europe, including Eastern Europe, right? Oh, yeah, we have uh, Russia and Hungary as members. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, Hungary is not anymore in Eastern Europe. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Now, you had an interesting uh, talk here about, well, uh, um, a slideshow of uh, all over Europe and and beyond. Uh, Here are some of your recent recent trips, but uh, you were uh, traveling from from Europe to Iceland to uh, all the way down to Florida. That was, what, a few years ago, no? Yeah, it's four years ago we had a trip with all kinds of weather because it was pretty cold in Iceland, pretty snowy here in the East Coast North, and pretty sunny in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> and you come over almost every year for the SWL Fest? Uh, well, it varies. Now I had break for four years, but I uh-huh. hope, to, hope to be back sooner again. Uh-huh. Okay. The recent uh, EDXC conferences, uh, you had pictures of uh, uh, 2015 in St. Petersburg, Russia, 2016 in Manchester, England, and then in 2017, you organized the conference, right? Yes, that's true. I, it was uh, held in, in, in Tampere in Finland, and uh, I was the key organizer together with uh, many, many other volunteers from the Finnish DX Association. Uh-huh. And, and, and then you guys, some of you, made a trip around Lapland, right? That's right. We drove three cars, uh, very long, maybe 2,000 miles, mm-hmm. uh, reaching, reaching the northernmost point of, of Europe called Nordkap in Norway, and also visiting some uh, DX places in the, in the north, northern Finland because it's a very good area for AM DXing. And you visited some radio stations? 
Uh, yes, also some radio stations in the, in the north uh, for, for Norway and, 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 and Boyali in Finland as well. Mm. Uh, I was interested in the pictures from uh, St. Petersburg, very interesting. I haven't been to that part of Russia, but uh, uh, there you, uh, you visited uh, a couple of interesting radio stations and uh, also a, a museum related to radio, right? That's right. Uh, there were two, two AM radio stations that still operate in the St. Petersburg area. And uh, we, we had a very interesting visit to the museum of Alexander Popov, who is uh, one of the inventors of radio, a very uh, skill, skillful physician who made tests uh, in Finland. And uh, because Finland was at that time a part of the Russian Empire. Yeah, and he was in from Saint Petersburg. Oh, interesting. You you mentioned that a couple of uh, TX clubs in Europe have, have dissolved uh, in recent years. Uh, I think the World DX Club in England and the Danish Shortwave Club International. Um, were you at that last meeting of the Danish Shortwave Club? Yes, it was held a bit more than two years ago, and uh, there was a very, uh, in spite of the uh, situation, it was. Uh, there was a very good atmosphere. Good people were in good mood, and they they were uh, really of that opinion that it was, this was the right way to do this because the key members of the club uh, were getting so old. Well, I guess they can still they can still meet at the EDXC meetings, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. They still attend them regularly. And, wow. So is that, um, I mean, how do you see the state of uh, DXing in, in Europe right now compared to uh, the state of DXing here in North America? Is it pretty much the same? Everybody's getting older? <laughs> it is pretty much the same. That's, the, that's, the, that's how it's in everywhere pretty much made with radio hobbyists. That the radio is a little bit old-fashioned thing today, <laughs> so you can't sell it. It's not a gadget that you could sell to young people anymore. And, and you mentioned some trends in, in shortwave today, uh, one of them being that the uh, the tropical bands are becoming empty, right? <laughs> yes, pretty much. The prognosis is that in 2025 there are no stations in the tropical bands. <laughs> and, well, and although in the U.S. some of the uh, big stations have moved to the tropical bands. <laughs> well, yeah, some of them try them, yeah, but... <laughs> But actually, a 75-meter band is not a tropical band, so... <laughs> <laughs> and, and DRM, which was big in Europe a few years ago, is, is kind of... Um, it is, well, it's not as big, right? <laughs> yes, and I think it's, it's never been so big, really. There was, first, there was a big lack of... Uh, receivers for that and and uh, there was also lack of transmissions and uh, this was some ki- kind of, of a paradox that uh, uh, the other side was waiting for for receivers and the other side was waiting for broadcast <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, it looks like it's go- it's not going to work in in, in big scale we, we call that the chicken and the egg in english <laughs> which comes first <laughs> yeah that's that's right yeah. okay um in, in Europe, you have, uh, though, some new hobby broadcasters, right? There are quite a lot of uh, AM stations, in, 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 especially in Holland and in the United Kingdom, in Germany maybe, and, and even in Sweden and so on. And some, some put uh, smart transmitters for shortwave and, and so on. So they are <coughs> really, they are old radio guys who just want to operate a radio station and and uh, this is how they, it's so simple to do these days. 
Well, I saw that you visited Scandinavian Weekend Radio, um, but there's also a, um, a station, a shortwave station in, in Germany, right? Yes, there is one, but uh, I don't have any particular information about that. And medium wave, you said, is really kind of going down in Europe, right? Uh, for top DXers, it's going up, really, but uh, otherwise, uh, <laughs> uh, for uh, average uh, DXer and average listener, it's really kind of going down in Europe. But there are the big stations in Europe, they, most of them have closed their transmitters because they consume so much, so much electricity. Oh yeah, we know about that. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, really, you really know about that. <laughs> so, you, so you mentioned that some of the... Uh, uh, DXers are moving away from medium wave and into FM DXing then? Uh, some are moving and some do both and uh, whatever, uh, as long as they have the time. But uh, nowadays that uh, you can, with the SDR receivers, you can copy the whole band. It means that you have you, you, you make a recording of about uh, two, three hours and with the good conditions you have to use about two, three months to dig <laughs> 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 up the stations from there. Well, uh, well, thanks, Risto, for uh, talking with us, and uh, uh, good luck with all your activities there in, uh, in Europe. Thanks very much, and good listening. And I was talking there with Risto Vahakainu of the Finnish DX Association, and one of the former Secretary Generals of the European DX Council. I spoke with him at the 2019 Shortwave Listeners Winter Festival near Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. If you'd like information about the 2020 Winter Fest, which will take place February 27th to 29th, you can check out their website at swlfest.com. That's swlfest.com. You're listening to WaveScan from Adventist World Radio. We know that many WaveScan listeners are people who work in the radio business, and many of those people receive the trade magazine Radio World, published here in the U.S., well, in the January 8th edition of the U.S. version of Radio World, in the Reader's Forum section, there's an item from our WaveScan editor, Adrian Peterson, about the Mosquito Network in the South Pacific during the Second World War. And it makes mention of this program, WaveScan, which has covered the Mosquito Network in previous programs, and it also mentions many of the shortwave stations that carry this program. So thanks to Radio World for that publicity. Let's go to Melbourne, Australia now. Here's Bob Padula with the Australian DX Report. Welcome to another edition of the Australian DX Report. This is Bob Padula in Melbourne, Australia, bringing to you our latest roundup of news concerning shortwave broadcasting stations around the world. We include information concerning propagation reports, monitoring information, solar activity news, schedule information, and other items of interest to shortwave monitoring enthusiasts. A reminder that all times we give in these programs are in UTC, also known as GMT, and all frequencies are in kilohertz. Full detail QSL cards are available for correct reception reports received for the Australian DX report. The address will be given at the end of the program. So now, here is this week's news. Information from the Ionospheric Prediction Service in Sydney, in New South Wales, here in Australia, advises that the level of solar activity has improved quite substantially since our last report. 
the 10.7 centimetre solar radio flux has increased to 74, that's 74, and the daily equivalent smooth sunspot count has risen to 11, that's 1-1. And those figures are the highest recorded for several weeks. And it may be the forerunner of new sunspot cycle 25. We're not quite sure when sunspot cycle 25 will actually start. It's now believed that it will not commence until about 12 months from now. In the meantime, propagation continues to be rather unreliable on high-frequency paths, crossing darkness or semi-darkness routes on frequencies above about 10 MHz. In the meantime, we have some monitoring notes, first of all, beginning with Melbourne. We'll now move to Europe and monitoring reports from the Bulgarian DX group in Sofia, mainly referring to daytime reception on the higher frequency bands. These are as follows. China National Radio Network 1, noted on a frequency which is reserved for the International Radio Data Frequency, that's 11840, between 0800 and 1100, the two transmitters to Eastern Asia in Chinese. And 11840 is reserved, theoretically, officially, for Santa Maria de Galleria, for the International Disaster Relief Broadcasts, with 100 kilowatts, through from 0500 to 0100 non-directional broadcasting worldwide. Reception of Radio Marabou and short wave radio in the 49 metre band noted in Eastern Europe. 0700 to 1900 on 6150 in German daily to Central Europe and 0900 to 1500 on 6160 in English to Northwestern Europe their daily transmissions non-directional with very low power and the station known as Texas Radio Short Wave and Radio City broadcasting on a broken basis for the next few months 6070 between 0900 and 1000 non-directional to Central Europe in English and 1100 to 1200 on 6070 non-directional to Central Europe in German Greece, voice of Greece, good signals in Bulgaria the 31 metre band 9420 the frequency 0752 to 0800 to Western Europe in Greek that's from the Avalos transmitter with 150 kilowatts antenna 323 degrees Actually, there is Arabic and Serbian news between 0800 and 0805 when the transmitter signs off on that frequency. Guam, good reception of Adventist World Radio, KSDA, the voice of hope in the 31 metre bands. 1100 to 1130 on 9460 to Far East and Russia in Russian. 100 kilowatts and the antenna 345 degrees. Reception of Saudi Arabia broadcasting station 1200 onwards on 11745 in Arabic to near and Middle East and 1300 to 
$1,300. It's an Iber 860 in Arabic to the Near and Middle East. Now those two frequencies are used for relays of the local broadcasts from Yemen. Changes of digital media services broadcasts beginning 2020. Transrail Radio Africa new frequency 7245 between 0330 and 0345 from the Dubai Relay Station in the UAE in Amharic on Saturdays and Sundays to East Africa 250 kilowatts and 225 degrees and Oromo on Tuesdays and a local language known as Sidamo on Thursdays Far East Broadcasting Association new frequencies for 2020 16.15 to 16.30 on 9.540 from Yerevan in Armenia to East Africa 16.15 to 16.30 on the same frequency 9.540 in Amharic and 1800 to 18.30 on 6.035 from the Dubaya relay station in UAE in Tigrinya Saturdays and Sundays to East Africa 250 kilowatts and the antenna 225 degrees we hope you found the broadcast interesting and helpful for your shortwave radio monitoring just a reminder that full detail ADXR QSL cards are available by contacting this address the URL is simply adxr.org give it once again adxr.org at that address you'll find all the details about how you may send in a reception report and you can receive a QSL card via postal mail that's physical postal mail or via the internet so until our next program this is Bob in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia Wishing you all good listening and thanks for being with us. Goodbye for now. And with music from Uruguay by Ivan Corone, we end this week's edition of WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week, the wartime story of radio broadcasting on the Pacific island of Bougainville. And our Japan DX report as well. Several QSL cards are available for WaveScan. Send your AWR and KSDA reception reports for the program to the AWR address in Thailand and also to the station your radio is tuned to. WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa or to IRRS Italy or the AWR relay stations that carry WaveScan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air. Here in the program, they will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The only email address for AWR QSLs is QSL at awr.org and the only postal address for AWR QSLs is 
Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Prakanong, Bangkok, 10110, in Thailand. That's Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. The email address for other correspondence to Wavescan, other than reception reports, is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI in Okeechobee, Florida. Till next week, good listening, everyone.